Hey everybody, Todd Mitchell. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. So glad you're here. In this episode, we are doing sort of a news roundup because there is a great interview on tap for later in the week. We're going to start a new series very soon. I'll reveal what I plan to do for that. For tonight, I thought it would be good to... There's been so much going on. There are so many odd, noteworthy things. I have rounded up some of those news stories, and we're talking like all within the last 48 hours there have been developments on these various things. So I have rounded them up, made some notes, compiled some history where it's appropriate so I can sort of catch up on things, and we are just going to go through and make sure you know what's happening in your world. I think that's valuable every once in a while. If I didn't think I could provide something valuable, I just wouldn't do a show for tonight. But I think there are things worth talking about. So buckle in and I will present to you some of the news of the last week or so. Let's uh, let's get to it. Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the cold world, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary, the arcade was my church. I thought I was grass stand, so for evil I was... EA, Electronic Arts, if you didn't know this, they are going to buy Codemasters. If you're not familiar with Codemasters, you probably don't like racing games. And they do a couple other things as well. But Codemasters has a super long history. They make some of the most popular racing games out on the market right now. Uh, they deserve to be popular. I'm a racing fan, and they are fantastic. They were apparently for sale. I didn't really know this. Uh, I, I'm a fan of, like, the Dirt series, Grid. I never tried their F1 game, but uh, a lot of people got through the pandemic by playing these games online against each other, competing, doing all this stuff. So they're big in the sim games. They're absolutely professional products. They apparently were for sale, and Take-Two was very serious about buying them. But then, like, today, I think it was today that this news broke because it was trending, but there weren't a lot of takes on this yet. GamesIndustry.biz reports that an EA acquisition is expected to take place in the first quarter of 2021. They will pay $7.98 per share to the publisher for a total of $1.2 billion, B as in boy, $1.2 billion to acquire Codemasters. Holy cow. I knew this company was worth a fortune. I didn't know we were talking the billions. The uh, Codemasters chairman said that both companies, quote, have a shared ambition to lead the video game racing category. If you think about that, Codemasters has what? F1, they have Dirt, they have Grid. EA has Need for Speed. What else do they have? They don't do Burnout. I think they just mostly have Need for Speed. And so they feel that an EA plus Codemasters category dominates the racing category realm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's true. PlayStation has very popular racing games. Microsoft has Turn 10, which does Forza, both Motorsport and the Horizon series. I'm not sure that the racing category is dominated by an EA Codemasters union. Somebody will have to tell me, because I didn't even think those were the most popular in the racing category, but may eh, maybe they are. I know F1's crazy popular. 
but $1.2 billion on, <laughs> on a claim I'm not even totally sure is going to wind up being true. It's going to be interesting. I, as I said on Twitter, the real winners here are the stakeholders and basically no one else. I don't think the player benefits from this. If you're tempted to go, hey, if you're on the Xbox, Codemasters games will come to Game Pass because EA games go to Game Pass now. Well, you may know that Codemasters games were already going to Game Pass. I kind of have to wonder if they didn't consider a Microsoft purchase. I could see Microsoft not wanting to get into the billions to acquire Codemasters, but that would have been better than this because (sighs) I don't know what EA intends. They act like they're just going to let Codemasters keep doing their thing, but that's hard to imagine. I hope Codemasters doesn't have to jump over and work on Need for Speed or, you know, some other studios start influencing like Dirt and Grid and stuff that we already like. It seems to me like only bad things can happen. I mean, we're of course going to start seeing microtransactions pop up in these games. I can't imagine that not happening. This is kind of um, worrying me here at the moment. I'm not sure this is going to be the best thing. I'd love to see just nothing happen, but then I don't I don't think EA is going to get their money's worth if that's the case. I don't think they bought this company just to sit around and not screw it up. So, I've this is tuff. I've met people at EA and you know, they seem nice enough and it's a good place to work in terms of a game development career. Those people are going to work their their entire careers and retire and they'll be taken care of very well. I don't know how well studios under them do. So I like Codemasters. I don't want to see them messed with. There are a couple of games, industry.biz articles explaining this whole thing. They talk about the history when we, everyone expected take two to purchase them. And now suddenly EA swoops in and goes, nope, here's an extra how many million dollars to push you over into a $1.2 billion acquisition. Will this change the racing category? Will they now dominate this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's move on. Okay, see, I was about to cut that segment off. My son came in. I was letting him play The Crew 2. He was racing around that little open world. That's a Ubisoft game. So another another good racing series not under the control of EA or, uh, or Codemasters. Anyway, he comes to me. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, I go in to turn it off. And I see that there's a new message request. And I open this up. Now, my son didn't see this, but I open this message up and... Some jackass sees my kid racing. You can't turn off the online component of this game. So he sees my kid, my five-year-old, racing around like a five-year-old would. And he feels the need to comment on it. So he sends a message. Uh, bud, you're driving. (laughs) Laugh icon. Like, what kind of piece of crap? (laughs) Now, he doesn't know this is a kid. And you can make the argument like there shouldn't be a kid playing the game. There's nothing in this game worth shielding the, the child from. He's got a fast car and he's driving around this city. Whatever. What part of this, who, what grown person gets into an open world racing game where you're in a lobby with other people and you feel the need to go find other people and watch them race when they're not even doing events, they're just driving around the open world and you feel the need to like follow them, watch their racing and then send messages to comment on it. Like what kind of disorder do you have? Are you kidding me? (laughs) So. So, uh, yeah, feel free to walk out into the woods and never return on that one. So, uh, Jesus, just, we happen to be talking about racing. This is a ridiculous experience. Don't be that guy. Come on. (laughs) 
Here's one for you. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about this yet, and I'm going to do it now because it's going to come up later in the week, I think. Oculus has been under the Facebook umbrella for some time now. They recently released the Quest 2. I guess the Quest 2 is just like fully out in the wild now. I don't think it's an early rollout. I think it's just out for sale now. I don't have one. That's not for any particular reason. I have a Quest 1, and I'm not developing anything for it at the moment, so uh, there's no reason that I, you know, have gone out to buy a new Quest 2, because I only got my Quest 1 within the last two years. I'm good for right now, but the Quest 2 is out, and Facebook announced, this, this part is not news, they announced months ago, if you buy the Quest 2, you will have to link your Facebook account to use this thing. So your Oculus account is going to turn into really a Facebook account and you'll use your Facebook account to do everything. Everybody freaked out when this came out. And my thought was, what did you think was going to happen? You'll have to tell me if you thought this was not coming down the road. I don't think it's great, but I personally don't care about this that much. I feel like I may be the only one. There are a few people who... Everybody falls into kind of two camps. There are people who are making money off of the quest and they will deal with it because this is business like usual. And then there are people who would... I feel like this is true that they would like to be making money on the quest. They're not yet. And they think this is an outrage. Mm, okay. Some people have gone as far as to put their quest up for sale. I don't think I've seen anyone just straight up trash it yet. I have definitely seen a few people who go, I'm going to get rid of my quest. If you want to buy it, you can have it for their cheap prices. I'm not going to support this. I've seen a lot of people say they're trading one headset in for like the Valve one or or, or an HTC piece of hardware. You know, all, all these various competitors, everybody goes, I'm getting out of the game. Okay, fine. Again, I don't really feel that way. I feel like the quest is, I feel like the quest was always going to be the one that breached the mainstream. It's a nice wireless headset. It's very simple. It's not as powerful, but it's got mass appeal, right? So many, many people, this was their first foray into virtual space. More grandmas have seen the quest than anything else combined. The hysteria did gradually die down over that, except for, you may remember that Germany briefly stopped selling the Quest over antitrust concerns about Facebook and Oculus. I don't recall exactly how they worked this out, but they overcame this and, and then it was being sold again in Germany. Well, now Germany is investigating Facebook over this. This uh, You can read about this at vrfocus.com. Uh, Peter Graham reporting. I will link to that in the show notes. Facebook announced over the summer that you'd have to use your Facebook account. This apparently for Germany, the Germany Federal Cartel Office, FCO, or there's a German word for it, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. They announced a few days ago that abuse proceedings had begun against Facebook on the grounds of antitrust concerns and market dominance. I don't know a lot about German law, but uh, if you took my advice and checked out Sid Meier's autobiography recently... He talks a lot about uh, issues he had selling games in Germany because he, he did warplane games at one time. Germany has some very specific laws about military stuff, and they have a lot of just general censorship that they do uh, 
which I was surprised to learn as a younger person, but now it's something I know very well. Anytime I hear about Germany and video games, I sort of think of trouble because I think they have more of a whitelist than a blacklist. They have certain things that are allowed and nothing else is. Basically, Germany is now concerned that Facebook is trying to dominate this market. And I don't know how big they consider this market, whether just VR or gaming of a certain category or what. They are looking into it, and I don't really know what the potential ramifications are going to be, whether they might force Facebook to stop selling it or whether they might try to find Facebook. I don't know how it works. I don't know. I don't know what happens now. But they've already made them stop selling this thing once. I'm interested to hear if something new happened that they're concerned about, or if they just took this long to investigate it, but let it sell for all this time. Apparently, Germany and Facebook have not gotten along for a very long time. Before any of this started, Germany was all over Facebook because of the way it processed user data. They say uh, this was because the social media giant was extensively collecting and merging user data from different sources. I don't think anyone debates that. Proceedings for that case are still pending, and will be picked up again in March of 2021. So Germany is all over Facebook. And I found this story interesting because a lot of users, a lot of developers I know, people on Twitter in general, they have been in all-out rage mode against Oculus and Facebook over this, this thing. I, man, everybody knows Facebook is not really out looking after your best interests. Everyone knows to look at it like a big, giant corporation who who will do anything they want and anything you will let them do. I'm not surprised there is a big part of the market that's moving on to sites like Parler, even though Parler is sketchy AF. I'm not surprised that, that people are sort of starting to migrate away to other social sites like Twitter and they'll give up the closeness element of it and they'll give up the sort of closed walled off garden that you get to be in on Facebook just because they don't trust Facebook. I'm not surprised by any of that. I am surprised this one thing, this one like you've got to use a Facebook account. I use my Facebook account to log into a million things. I don't really care what data that sends anywhere. I don't really care what they do with it. This is the internet age. You can be tracked in a billion ways. I feel like a lot of this is based on an illusion of security and an illusion of privacy. You don't have either of those things on the internet. You really don't. Think about this. I mean, anytime hackers target a specific person, that specific person is screwed 100% of the time. Think about the guy who runs LifeLock, who had his crap stolen almost immediately after founding a company <laughs> that boasted and existed on the premise that we are security experts, we will protect your private information, I dare anyone to prove me wrong, they immediately proved him wrong. When someone gets targeted online, there is no stopping anything. I've, I've said many times, I, I think there will be a great breach of things like iCloud. I think one day everybody's texts will be released. I think that'll be catastrophic because you know what people are like behind closed doors when they, when they have that illusion of privacy. But I, I think it's only a matter of time before everyone's everything gets fully released and just fully spilled out in the light of day. We're not talking dark web. There'll probably eventually be a search engine where you can put in someone's name and whatever else you want to find out and it will come up immediately. And we will have to learn as a society how to move past that together. Whether that means we all just basically decide we're not going to look at this because it's not it's the it's not the right thing to do. 
you know, we could opt to respect each other's privacy. But before we get to something like that, before we reach that kind of human enlightenment, I know I'm going on a bit of a Joe Rogan rant here, but indulge me just for a moment. Until we get to that point, it's going to be a disaster. And unless we start sort of conditioning ourselves to deal with that thing, it's just going to destroy everything and everyone. You know, nobody would want their private anything put out there. And yet we conduct ourselves in such a way that we act like we believe we have that. We don't have that protection already. So in a way, the people who go, I'm not letting Facebook do this to me, they are right. They have, they do have the right idea. However, the part where they think this is the only thing that would be this intrusive in my life, wrong, wrong, completely incorrect. I enjoy the convenience of the Facebook login for all kinds of stuff. I use it to log into many things. I have it locked down pretty good, but I don't believe anything's locked down so well that no one could get to it. There's really nothing I fear in terms of things being leaked. I, I went through the spam thing where somebody emailed a couple of my passwords to me and went, Haha, I got your password, so if you don't pay me off, I'm going to release the following. Do it, motherfucker. I don't care. What am I scared of? You don't have anything interesting in mind. There is nothing interesting of mine. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have weird pictures. I'm not saying anything racist in my texts. I'm not... I, I have very little of interest. I got stuff about different projects I wouldn't really want coming out before I was, like, ready to announce them just because it would be embarrassing if those projects didn't get finished. There's... I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty leak-proof. And a lot of my stuff is leaked. And it doesn't really matter to me at all. I would encourage you <laughs> live in such a way that leaks are not detrimental to you. Because I, I think there's probably a time coming. There's no encryption technology or uh, security that I put that much faith in that I would conduct myself poorly in such a way that I never thought it was going to be an issue. I think it's much better to live your life in such a way that it doesn't matter if all your stuff is transparent tomorrow. Again, I see both sides of this debate, but uh, it's interesting to me that both Germany is investigating Facebook about this, and then on the developer side, that they think this is going to be uh, like one step too far. I'm, I, I don't, I don't see that logic. I got partially derailed on this because my son ran in, but uh, yeah, Germany cracking down. Developers, I can't decide if they're trusting Facebook too much or they're just trying to live their lives uh, out from under the thumb of big corporations. I can dig it. Let's move on. Let's take a moment here to talk about our sponsor, App Figures. App Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now, App Figures can help you track competitors from downloads and dollar amounts to audience demographics and even which SDKs they use. Their competitor intelligence gives great context. If a competitor adds a new feature or gets mentioned in the news, App Figures can tell you if that brought in more downloads. If you have an idea for a new app or game, App Figures can tell you how big that market is and how much money it could make for you. And that is just scratching the surface. 
Whether you're growing your app or building a new one, AppFigures has the tools you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. You don't need a huge budget or a data science degree. AppFigures has made it affordable and simple, and they provide the tools that can guide you step-by-step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from competitors. Head to appfigures.com slash on slash gamedevbreakdown to try AppFigures for free. And if you like it, Use our special code GDB3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. I'm almost hesitant to do this, but let's talk about Cyberpunk (laughs) and their now notoriously tumultuous development and... Very poor release experience for players. This is this is a tough balance for me to strike. We had a designer from Cyberpunk on during development. He's a very nice guy. He runs a podcast, which is great. We had him on the show to promote the podcast to uh, celebrate his book launch. So any, anyway, he he was a nice guy. I I don't want to bag on him. And in fact, I feel like the people at the creator level. This is another one of those situations where. This was a game created over a long period of time by many, many good people. And management and management alone caused this to fail. Claiming it failed is is controversial on its own. We'll get into that in a moment. But please understand that I'm supportive of the creative teams at this studio. On the publishing side and the management side, this was done extremely Poorly. This game has been in development for over eight years. It's all anyone's talked about for years. On the show with the uh, CDPR uh, designer, I even mentioned this strikes me, this seems to me that it's likely the most anticipated video game release of all time. Based on the timeline alone, the hype, you know, Every, everybody was amped about it. Everyone freaked out when the Keanu character was revealed. That was a big deal. This won not just Game of the Year at Gamescom 2020 before it was released. It won like half of the awards at Gamescom before it was released. We're, I mean, you, there's a I can link to, the, to that in the show notes too. It won like almost half the awards. And now here we are at release. It was delayed, what, twice? And now it's out. And... On several systems, it's choppy, it's low detail, it's crashing, like it's not agreeing with hardware. This includes PC people too, don't come at me about console stuff. Like every version of this has big, big problems. So, and we're including all of the like old school Assassin's Creed Unity style person standing on top of another person for no reason or uh, their, their teeth have jumped out of their head. This game has an issue. (laughs) This game has an issue where genitalia is sticking out through clothing. We are talking penises popping out of pants. Has that ever happened in a video game? Like unintentionally? (laughs) We're talking not even in cutscenes, but like while the game is playing, you'd be walking around, the dick pops out of the jeans. Like what? Okay. (laughs) So this is super bizarre to me uh people have started saying like i'm i'm getting a refund from the microsoft store blah 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 okay well cdpr has put out one of their infamous yellow page tweet pictures <laughs> and uh 
I feel like I have to go through this. So uh, CD Projekt Red put out, put out the following, and uh, maybe I'll put some nice music under this. It starts, Dear gamers, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered and, in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Yeah? Let me pause here. This is a moving target, of course, because they've worked on this game almost a decade. But consoles haven't changed that much. They, uh, I'm sure they didn't know exactly when the Xbox One X and the uh, Xbox Series X and the various PlayStation iterations, they didn't know when all these things would jump out. But they knew what... PC technology was roughly capable of, so that was a trend they could follow. But yes, they should have been consistently testing on the consoles they knew would be part of launch. Okay, moving on. Second, we will fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. The first round of updates has just been released and the next one is coming within the next seven days. We call that a week. Expect more as we will update frequently whenever new improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll continue working. We'll release two large patches, starting with patch number one in January. This will be followed by patch number two in February. That's interesting. They say after the holidays. I bet I bet not everyone's getting those holidays off. Unless it was part of some negotiation about crunch time, right? I'd be curious to see what the actual truth is there about who has the holidays off and what they dealt with to get those holidays off, and how long they get for those holidays, because one's over, <laughs> and we know they worked through Thanksgiving. So, I'm, I'm, And then they're going to do one patch per month through January and February. Together, these should fix the most prominent problems gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. Now, they're acting like those are the only problems. We know that's not true. We will be informing you about the contents of each patch ahead of their release. They won't make the game on last gen look like it's running on a high-spec PC or next-gen console, but it will be closer to that experience than it is now. Will people's dicks fly out of their pants and run down the street? I think it's a fair question. Finally, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate it if you would give us a chance, but if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates... You can opt to refund your copy for the store. New sentence for the store where you bought the game. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Should this not be possible, please contact us at helpmerefund at cdprojectred.com, and we will do our best to help you. They couldn't have that couldn't have gone to support or something. <laughs> Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December twenty first, twenty twenty. Humbly. And they, they name a bunch of, uh, I don't even know what their roles are at CD Projekt Red. P.S. PC gamers will also be getting regular updates and fixes improving the game. Here is, I don't know if this is on an actual web page on their site. But if it's not, here's the issue with just doing things for a picture. Photoshop doesn't have spell check. I don't think there are any misspellings in this. But there's a lot of strange wording. I know there may be a partial language barrier as well. But they said and did a lot of strange things here. That, like, 
a, a PS that should have clearly been uh, in like the middle of one of the paragraphs. I, I just have various questions about phrasing and partial sentences and stuff. Let let this be one takeaway. If you are doing this for your studio, <laughs> which uh, there's something funny I'll mention here in a moment. If you're doing this for your studio, if you're announcing a delay or something good, and you want to put a picture up in a tweet, start in Word, start in Microsoft Word. I don't know for sure that these guys didn't do that or didn't use some equivalent of their spell check, but write it somewhere where the software will check it for you. And then copy and paste and put it in Photoshop or GIMP or whatever you're using so that you don't come out... I'm not saying this sounds crazy, but I don't want you to sound crazy, and this is something I've seen done too many times. People make their their own... Uh, promotional photos that go on Instagram and and uh, Twitter. I don't let this happen to you. Don't put silly spelling and weird stuff that would have been caught if you started in a word processing application. Okay, like there's a lot of criticism I could aim at uh, CD Projekt Red here, even just with this message today. It won't be anything you didn't hear anywhere else. I think it's nonsense that they're like, oh, because we care so much about you. We're going to try to help you get refunds from, like, Microsoft and Sony. First of all, Microsoft and Sony are clearly giving refunds already without their help. So that's Microsoft being good. Those companies will probably put a little pressure on CD Projekt Red about this. I've gotten a refund. I've only done this once, but I one time, I think it was Rock Band, what, 5? That just was the last one to come out. It didn't use, like, any less than half of the controllers that they'd put out over the years. And I wasn't, this wasn't like a rage quit thing. I needed them to refund my digital copy so I could go to GameStop or Walmart or Amazon and buy a copy that had a controller of theirs that I could use. Cause I was expecting their old hardware to work on rock band five turned out. No, uh, a lot of it does not. So I needed them to ref, and I even told the guy that way. I said, I'm not trying to game this or anything. I understand there's a difference between buying it from Microsoft and buying it from someone else. But my problem is I bought it digitally and I can't play it because I can't buy their new controllers just standalone yet. They don't offer them. And this guy uh, asked me a bunch of really condescending questions. Did you research this before you bought it? Did you read the packaging before? Which didn't apply anyway. It was digital. And I said, look, listen, they did not put this information out when I bought this. I just need to buy it in a different package so I can actually play it. And they really gave me quite a bit of runaround. It it was probably a good 20-minute discussion over the phone. I had to do this over the phone. Uh, No, that's not true. It was a chat. It was a one-on-one chat with someone who was a complete smartass, but they did give me the money back. And I think they, I think traditionally they've limited this to like a customer can do this with like one store game per year or something like that. Uh, and that may have changed because this was already years ago, but these, if you're an honest person and you're not just trying to play something during a three day weekend and get a refund for it, you can reach out and go, hey, there's something wrong here. This software is messy. It's tough with a AAA game like this. But once Microsoft figured out, oh, this does have bad problems, they started giving refunds. So 
for me, that makes the CDPR message from today feel a little bit insincere. They, it also, it seemed very gently argumentative. It won't make the game look like new gen on previous gen. Hey, that's not even really the, the biggest issue with this game. It's crashing for people. You've got wieners and boobies popping out of clothing. <laughs> Remember the hot coffee thing in Grand Theft Auto? This isn't that different from that, and it's during, it's without any hacking, without any modding. This is just walking around Night City and whoop, look what popped out. Like, what is, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a new precedent for weird stuff in games, if you ask me. Why, why did these, <laughs> why did these players, why did these characters need to be anatomically correct? Who, who are you helping? <laughs> so funny to me i don't play a lot of triple a games anymore i know this is the direction everything's going like no one's happy with any rpg experience unless you can have sex with the other players the other characters tables and chairs this is what you get now now you've got (laughs) now you've got characters who literally can't keep it in their pants are you happy now is everyone pleased okay so short story is you can get a refund if you are completely disgusted by cyberpunk a lot of people are having fun with it some people are managing to play it and have a good experience with it so if that's you that's fine i support the people who are at cd project red because god knows they want no part of this what's going on right now they didn't ask for crunch they didn't ask for an early release date if you look at it this way there's one patch going out in January, one going out in February, they, it sounds to me like they probably had this plan in place already. And that tells me that maybe, maybe this was the timeline that they knew it was going to require. They probably considered delaying this until March and then went, Let, uh, let's do an early rollout. It works for a lot of people. We can make it work for most people in the following months. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. You, you guys all know that's where AAA games are at right now. This is why this is why I think AAA games are kind of in trouble. I don't know how much longer people are going to put up with this. AAA games are cool and it's fantastic what we can achieve with technology when it's done correctly, but the business model is sort of strangling it out. It's just it's almost not viable in a profitable way. But the issue is there's, there wasn't, CD Projekt Red isn't really losing out because they already made all their money back for this decade-long development process before the game was released. So along with their half-dozen awards they cleaned up, they also made all their money back through digital pre-orders alone. This is on all of us. We have to stop doing this. We have to stop giving our money. I understand CDPR had a fantastic reputation. I don't dispute that. But there is a good reason not to fork over your money before you see a product. It's also a good reason not to reward it or award it before you've seen what really the end result is going to be. I'm not angry about this. I'm just very confused. I'm confused why we keep doing this. If... If I got to that point, if I had a hotly anticipated product, I still would not accept money before this thing was done. I just wouldn't do it. It's bad business. It's dishonest. Even if you have the best of intentions, don't don't drop your money at my feet and go, I trust you. Don't trust me. Don't trust me. There's no good reason. So the takeaway here is 
we as consumers have to do things differently. I understand I'm on the development side of this. I'm on the business side of this. But it's still, this is not the right way to conduct business. We've got to do better. Let's, whew, let's keep going. I had several more stories lined up. I, I'm looking at two that I'm not going to put in the episode because uh, we, got, we, it's me. I got a little bit ranty. I was, I'm in kind of a mood today. <laughs> Doubly now that the uh, adult had to criticize my five-year-old's driving. What is this world coming to? So let's talk about what we're going to do in the next series. The next, I want to start talking about animation. And that's going to be a broad topic. This is something I've been a fan of forever. I first, I did my first animation in Flash in probably 2003 or maybe 2004. But uh, the idea of making my own little cartoons or videos or just moving things so I could make stupid humor and stupid jokes for, for people to laugh at. I was hooked on that ever since. I haven't spent nearly enough time trying to like reconnect with that. And I would like to, I would like to explore its application in games and in web content. I've got ideas for how I can use it to promote the show a little bit. So I want to reconnect with my not artistic side, but my animation side. I believe animation is a little bit like game development in that you can have big gaps in your skill set. But if you have the vision for it and the drive to learn and the drive to find a way to do it. So like think about how people go, I just I had to make a game. I was obsessed with the idea and I found a way to do it without code. I think you can be an animator without being a super gifted artist. And I am not a gifted artist. I'm a stubborn person who doesn't give up that easily. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find good ways that I can animate And if you're not a gifted artist, maybe those will benefit you too. And I'll talk about how it can be used in game engines, in videos, in social content. Like I want to find all the good applications, all the good ways to do this stuff. And I want to talk about reasons to do it, methods to do it, software, processes within the software, combinations of software. This stuff's already all come up because I've been working on it for several days already. And uh, why not? Like I want to start presenting more ways that indies can branch out into more mediums. That was going to be connected to another news story, but I can skip to that good part. The good part is I feel like there's uncharted territory where indies can branch out into other mediums and be taken very seriously right now because the the big existing giants in those mediums are dying. Traditional cable is dying. Uh, Look around at, you know, big movie companies and you know Hollywood is just, just starving right now. I feel like there are ways for indies to be taken seriously, not just in games, but we can branch out into other things, right? Look at like, I, I can do a semi quasi popular podcast, even though iHeartRadio and podcast one and Joe Rogan's out there. Like we, we can be taken seriously in other ways, in additional ways I want to help you find some of those. There's no reason an indie studio who puts out a good game can't put out a good web series or comic book or things like that. So I think in the coming years, we're going to see 
a lot of creators branch further out. The pieces are just about all there. So why shouldn't we tinker and why shouldn't we play and try to find those ways to do those things? So I won't reveal too much more, but when we're not talking to guests and when we're not doing like news or random, uh, we got some event coverage coming up. Hey, let me drop this on you. I'm going to cover, I am supposed to cover Indie Games Expo 2020 here this Saturday. I may try to live stream it if there's, if it's not anticipated that I will need to keep anything under wraps for anyone. I may try to do some live streaming, but we're also going to hear from uh, anybody I can talk to. We will hear from them on the podcast also. But when we're not doing that stuff, we're going to talk some animation, ways to create good artwork, how to make it move, stuff like that. How will I make that work on a podcast? Give me a shot. Hang with me. Maybe I can help you do some fun new things. If you enjoy the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, I would love if you would consider subscribing wherever you enjoy listening. You can check out show notes at CodeWritePlay.com. We have a Discord server you can search for. We are all over social media, especially Twitter, where we are at GameDevPod, at CodeWritePlay, and I, Todd Mitchell, am at MechaToddZilla with one D and two L's. I love to hear from you all, all the time. Oh, that cyberpunk story that I forgot during that news story was somebody made their own like yellow page thing to make a joke and they sent it to me and this is so ubiquitous now. They sent it to me and they were like, do you think CD Projekt Red would get mad about this or like take action about this? That's how that's how seriously <laughs> uh, that studio is with, with that thing. And I said, no, you are 100% good and you should be so lucky as if the studio were to come after you and go, you can't do that. That would be a great story. Anyway, feel free to reach out topics, feedback, questions, anything, or just come hang out on discord. We share thoughts and share work and just have fun throughout the week. If you want some digital or virtual coworkers, we're around and otherwise we're just out here having fun. So guests coming up on Thursday, everybody keep working hard. Make me proud out there, and I will talk to you next time. Mario and Ken were throwing the sign peace. America was playing real like Zaxxon in the Middle East. But no matter how much my neighbor said the world would end, I was determined to play Mr. Command.